This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made, that the Lord has made. I will rejoice, I will rejoice and be glad in it, and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord So lucky the world that 
Good morning and welcome to Heritage Church of Christ this morning. Uh, we're glad to have each of you here and each of you that are watching and listening online. Uh, special announcement I want to make clear is Kay McClellan's mother passed away and the uh, visitation is today from 12 to 2 at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home in Columbia and then the graveside service is at 2.30 at Polk Cemetery in Columbia. That's a little different from what's been put out on the phone tree and what's here in the announcements. So uh, the visitation is at Oaks and Nichols and the graveside service is at the Polk Cemetery in Columbia. Um, I don't think there are any other significant announcements today. So if you will bow with me, we'll go to God in prayer. Dear God, our Father in heaven, we're so thankful that we're able to gather here and sing praises to you and learn more from your word. Father, we ask that you be with this great nation. We ask that you be with the leaders. We ask that you be with the medical people as we battle this pandemic and the disruptions that it's caused in our world. Father, we ask that you give us patience and give us strength to deal with all that's going on. Father, we ask a special prayer on the sick members of our congregation. Uh, we ask that you be with Terry Canada, Leslie Johnson's father, Jane Davis, be with Gwendolyn Lampley, Jackie LaBarbera, Nancy Leeton, Vicki Luffman, Gordon Mayfield, be with Kay McClellan as she continues to uh, have after effects somewhat, I guess, from the cancer and the chemo. She's doing really well, Lord. Be with her and keep giving her more strength. Be with her and comfort her with the loss of her mother. We ask that you be with Catherine McKay, Kim McNally, Maheen Porter, Liz Platzmeyer. Be with Earl and Joan Priest, Lita Robinson, Robert Thurman, Craig Wales, Diana Wood, be with Tim Banks as he deals with the loss of his brother. Father, we ask that you be with the leaders of our congregation as they continue to make decisions uh, regarding this congregation as we try to reach out to the rest of the world and spread the gospel. Father, we ask that you be with each one of us as we go through the struggles of this disease, as we deal with the loneliness and the separation the isolation as we try to stay in and stay uh, socially separated. Father, the challenges that we deal with every day are real. We ask that you be with all the people of this country and help them to get through these things that we're dealing with. Father, forgive us of our sins. It's through Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. And now I have a scripture reading from the book of Matthew, chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
little bit of divine intervention with the selection of this song. <laughs> Let's stand as we sing this song together. <clears throat> if the skies above are gray, you are feeling so blue. If your hands and words seem gray, Oh. 
I'm sure like me, most of you all are kind of tired about hearing about this pandemic and, and everything that's going on with it. One of the other things that over the last few weeks that I'm kind of tired of hearing about is people dying. There's been a lot of death in our country the last few weeks. Been a lot of people killed because of gunfire from other people. A lot of innocent people have been killed. A lot of police officers have been killed. And there's other people who are dying because of the pandemic and because of illness. A lot of death. This has probably been a very deadly summer. If we look back and compare the numbers, it would, I would think we would see that it's probably deadlier than last summer. Unfortunately, death is a part of, of life. I was talking with one of my closest friends last night. We had dinner at his house, and they lost a close family or friend of theirs at their congregation where they worship. And they were talking about how difficult it was for their son to realize that this person had passed away and how he was coping and dealing with it. And he said, it's just, he said, I don't like death. And I said, I I understand. It's an unfortunate part of life. And fortunately for us, though, there was a man who came to this earth from heaven, who walked on this earth just like us, and he faced death bravely. He didn't want to die either, but he went onto that cross He let them pierce his hands, pierce his feet, take a crown of thorns and place it upon his head and twist it so that he bled from his brow. And then they pierced his side with a spear and blood flowed out of it like a waterfall. And he did all of that so that we can have eternal life with him and his father in heaven. How awesome is that precious gift that Jesus gave to us? That is the most awesome sacrifice and is the most heroic death that will ever occur in the history of this planet. Will you bow with me as we give thanks for the bread? Father, we come before you this morning giving all glory and praise to your most holy name. 
Father, we are eternally indebted to you for your gift of your Son, who came to this earth, who walked among us, who taught us your word, who lived a life to set an example for us, to show us how we are to live. And we are grateful for his sacrifice, Father, the death that he gave to us on the cross that washes away our sins. Father, as we partake of this bread, which represents his body, which is broken for us, we pray, Father, that we take it in a manner that's pleasing to you, and that we don't just remember it at this moment of today, but each and every moment of every day of our lives. We ask this, Father, in your Son's most precious name. Amen. A couple of nights ago, we were eating dinner, and Annie asked me and, and Leslie and said, Dad, why did Jesus have two thieves beside him when he died on the cross? Why were they there? And I said, it's kind of interesting that he died with two thieves on either side of him, Annie, because crucifixion was reserved for the most heinous criminals, people that we would think of that committed child sex abuse or murder, that's who was supposed to be executed on the cross, not somebody who was just a petty thief. But yet that's who they executed with Jesus, who had committed no wrong. That's who was on either side of him when he gave up his life. As I said before, death is an unfortunate part of life, but we don't get to choose how we die. I know that Tim is mourning the loss of his brother right now. Kay is mourning the loss of her mom and George. 
you know, I, I don't know much about Tim's brother, but we know that Miss Miss Maud, Kay's mom, has been suffering for quite some time. We're watching Leslie's dad at the end of his life now as he's getting ready to pass away with fighting his battle with cancer. And we're watching him struggle. He's in pain. But it still doesn't compare to the pain that Jesus endured on the cross. It, there's just no way that it, anything that we can endure here on earth would, would match that sacrifice that Jesus gave. And as I think about the irony of how somebody who did nothing wrong suffered the most heinous death, or the death that was supposed to be for the most heinous criminals, to me it's just, I don't understand how they, uh, they got to that point, how they could allow somebody who had done nothing wrong but accused him of doing all kinds of things and making it up, and then instead of putting him with murderers, they instead put him with two common thieves. That, to me, is just, it's just mind-boggling that that's where he ended up having to go and die because, <clears throat> excuse me, with, with that kind of punishment, it just doesn't fit the crime, if that makes sense. But that's what Jesus did for us because he loves us so much. He was willing to face that death, even though he didn't want to. If you remember, when he went out to the Garden of Eden, his prayer is, let this cup pass from me. He did not want to do it, but he did it because he loves all of us. Will you bow with me as we give thanks for the cup? Father, as we come before you at this point in our service, we thank you for the blood that was shed by Jesus on the cross. There's been a lot of blood shed, Father, this year from those who we call heroes in law enforcement that are sacrificing their lives for their communities, from soldiers who are fighting overseas, who are sacrificing themselves for the freedoms that we have, the freedom that we can gather this morning to worship you. And while we thank you, Father, for their sacrifices, we pray that you are with their families as they provide them with the comfort as they go through the loss of their loved one. But we also, Father, thank you for the blood that Jesus shed on the cross for us, the blood that flowed like a waterfall that washes away our sins and makes them as white and clear as the crisp fallen snow on a winter's morning. We pray, Father, that as we partake of this cup, that we do so in a manner that's pleasing to you and that we also don't forget this moment just today, but we think about it each and every day of our life and that we share the gospel that you have provided through us through your son with everyone that we're in contact with so that everybody will come to know the love that Jesus had for us, the love that you have for us. And it is our prayer, Father, that when our time on this earth is over, that whatever way we may leave it, that we'll live, though, in such a way that we have a home with you in heaven. It's in your son's most precious name that we offer this prayer. Amen.
Just a reminder, for contributions, there's some, uh, you can give uh, through various means. There are some uh, boxes in the back as well. Uh, we'll, we'll pray for that. Before the uh, lesson this morning, we'll sing His Yoke is Easy. Let's stand together as we sing this song. <clears throat> I found my Lord and He is mine. We want be by His to mind just immediately that are good images right now. I know that we're very sad in many ways and we have lost. But on the other hand, it's at times like this that people really shine. Folks that didn't know their neighbors very well are now keeping up with one another and watching, watching over each other and taking time to help with uh, small matters here and there. And instead of just going through as many nice stories as I could find, which are plenty, I want you to look at this one picture on the screen right now. I want you to, this is my favorite picture because this is something that's done in one of the boroughs of New York. Individuals would just lean out their windows and they would sing songs. And this guy right here, he sang a song called Lean On Me. Raise your hand if you know that song, Lean On Me. Good. If you raise your hand, I want you to help me sing it. We're going to sing. Lean on me. Everybody, I want you to listen to the words of this song. And let's sing together. Lean on me when you're not strong and I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on for it won't be long till I come and need somebody Thank you. 
sing everybody started singing with me just like you did just now in fact these individuals that entertained each other by playing violins or maybe moving their piano close to the close to the window they could it's just a symphony of beautiful encouragement encouragement that's what people need I want you to in just a few moments I, I, I want you to turn in your Bibles not at this point but in Matthew 11 in fact, it's up there. I'll tell you what, the very next slide is Matthew 11. I want you to read this psalm, this, psalm, this uh, passage of Scripture with me. Let's read together. Are you ready? Matthew, Matthew 11. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is, my burden is. This morning, we have someone that we can lean on. Someone that says to us in, in the Lord's Supper just a moment ago, you can, you can lean on me. I, I talk to a lot of, of our visitors that come to church and, and a lot of people say, you know, Steve, I just feel like God's disappointed in me. I haven't done enough. I, I have neglected several things. And people are just down. They're hurting. They need somebody to come and, and to take their load and to share the load with them. We need to talk to one another. We need to lean on one another. We need people to help us. Right now, I, I'm just... Just asking people this morning as you came in, I said, well, what project do you have going on at your house? Somebody said, well, we're, we bought new furniture. We have to move the old furniture out, move it in. I said, what are you going to do? Don't have a clue. Don't know how they're going to move it. Uh, ask somebody else, how are things at your house? Well, we don't, we don't know whether to go on vacation. We're we, having a hard time making decisions right now. Uh, Sometimes people just need practical help in one way or another. This song, Lean on Me, it just strikes a chord 
right now, that we are in a time that we need to make ourselves lean on the Lord Jesus Christ for all that he has for us. But I want you to look at this passage. Notice it says, he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. That's the part of this passage I want to emphasize right now. What's the very first thing that Adam and Eve did when they were kicked out of the garden? They're not allowed to stay there. What, what did the woman had what, ladies? Pain and childbirth. And then also, gentlemen, what, what happened to Adam? What did he do? He had to do what? He had all kinds of burdens on him now. He had to feed his family by tilling the ground and by being a farmer. And he's going to have to work and work hard. Uh, those of you who have yards, did you spend a lot of time in the yard yesterday or maybe this week? It's kind of hard when there's no rain. We were blessed with it today. I'm thankful for the rain. And, but you know what? Adam had to face the same thing. Lean on me. Folks, sometimes people are not strong. And notice in our song that we sang just a moment ago, you know what? Let me, you lean on me and I'll help you because before you know it, I'm going to need somebody. The tables are going to be turned and I'm going to be the one that needs help from you. That's sort of like that pay it forward. Remember pay it forward that went around for a long time? People doing good works and paying for the order of people in the car behind them and they pull up and they realize that somebody at McDonald's pulling through before you paid for the next Five drivers, they gave a $100 bill. Hopefully this will cover it. Isn't that great? But that's exactly what, what went on in, in the life of Christ. He said, lean on me because later on I'm going to need to lean on you. It's a two-way street. Jesus said, I want you to lean on me. Come, lean on me. Learn from me and lean on me. But what he's teaching us is to become like him. Because, folks, we are Christians. The word Christian means like Christ. We are exactly like him. So if Jesus said, lean on me, all you that are, that are weak and, and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest, Jesus wants us to grow to the point so that we are people that someone can lean on. Because I guarantee you, in, in a time like this that we live in today, People are going to need somebody to lean on. We need to learn to be like Christ, each of us. We need to be accessible to people. When they pick up the phone and we're just saying, call me, call me, call me. I want somebody to call somebody else that's in this room this coming week. Just call them up and say, what, what can we do to help you? Why would we do that? Well, because Jesus said, I want you to learn from me. I want you to be gentle because why? Because I'm gentle. I want you to be humble in heart. Humble doesn't mean that you're, you think bad of yourself. It just means not thinking about you first. You think of other people first. That's humility. Humility is not an ugly thing toward you. It's a positive thing toward others. You put them first. So... This morning, I want us to understand, there, there are people that, that need somebody to lean on because they're not strong enough. Some people, 
like myself, I'm just not smart enough to figure things out. I need somebody that's been down that road. Somebody that knows how to fix that thing. Whatever it is in my life, and there are people in this room that I feel very close to and I can call at any time and they will help me because they are smart. And there are some people that just aren't stable. Their, their conditions aren't stable right now. But I want to go back and revisit that. Don't stay weak. Start developing some strength. Why? Because you want to be the kind of person that someone will be able to call on. So strengthen yourself. And then also get some education. Learn. Find out what's going on in the world. How can you help people? How can you advertise? I'm here to help you. I'm here for one, person, one purpose only, and that is to help other people. And then if your life is unstable, you can lean on a brother or sister in Christ. But you don't want to stay unstable. You want to be a very smooth and steady individual, someone that others can count on. We need to be able to say to one another, call on me, brother. You might have a problem that I'll need help with later on, but right now, it's my turn to help you. Notice Jesus calls all of you who are weak and burdened, and then Jesus said, I will give you rest. I talked to one of the crane elevators, uh, crane uh, operators over here on South Royal Oaks, and just happened to find him at Starbucks, which kind of worried me if he's going to be real jittery with that big, great big crane. I said, uh, I said, that crane, it is so solid. Uh, I said, that thing can move all kinds. Have, have you seen all the things that they're moving in over there as they build that office complex or whatever's going, going in there? There they are building. He said, he said uh, Mr. Blackman, that's, the crane has nothing to do with how sturdy it is. The crane has to be parked on something that's solid. That's what we look for. We can reach out a long way. Our problem is finding a place that won't cave in. Somebody's moved dirt here and we can't just park that crane just any and everywhere. We have to be at a place that we have a solid place that won't move around. Our solid place is Jesus Christ, folks. I'm not trying to challenge us to be as good as Christ. I'm trying for us today to lean on the Lord Jesus Christ. We are of no help to anyone else if we're just leaning on our own good works. I've got news for you. We're, none of us are that rich. None of us are that smart. None of us are that steady. I guarantee you that if you knew some things going on in people's lives, maybe you would be disappointed. This is real life, isn't it? I'll tell you where our stability comes from. It comes from the Lord Christ. He is the individual who is our foundation, or as the, as the book of Revelation calls, calls it, the cornerstone. Jesus is the cornerstone, the, the chosen stone, and we build our lives on him. Folks, I have limitations. Christ has no limitations. None of us have all the answers, but Jesus does. I know exactly who has all the answers to all of our problems. And I'm praying that Christ will use each one of us to be miniature versions of himself and to invite people to say, call on me, brother. Let me know what I can do to help. Notice Jesus said, my yoke is easy. My yoke is easy. 
A yoke is a wooden instrument that yokes two oxen together. You've seen pictures of these. Yokes were made by carpenters. Oh, wait a minute. What did Jesus do to make a living? He was a carpenter. So when Jesus said, I make yokes, I'm going to make you an, a yoke that's easy. And then Jesus, just to mix that metaphor up a little bit, then Jesus will get into that yoke. You're on one side, he is on the other. There's something very special about a yoke in that a yoke has the ability for one animal to do all the pulling for both. Folks, when you're yoked, you just don't have some burden. You are yoked with the burden of Christ. Have you noticed that there are 27 books in the New Testament. Four of those are then 20 of the 27, four are gospel accounts. One is the book of Acts. And then finally you have the book of prophecy, Revelation. And Andy Rivers is going to be teaching on that class this afternoon at 5 o'clock online. But there are 21 letters that tell us how to live and what to do to help each other. Most of the ink of the New Testament is put in those 27 books, not just not in the book of Revelation, not in, in the four Gospels, not in the book of Acts, but in those 21 letters that tell us how we should act and how we should help and take care of each other. Our job today is to, first of all, lean on Christ, come to Jesus that's going to be our invitation in just a few moments. Come to him, all you who are weak and burdened. And then he says, I'll give you rest. He said, take my yoke. Notice he says, I'm going to give you rest. And also you're going to be doing some work for me. Jesus' work for him is actually rest. Compared to all the other things we do. And folks, our lives, I hope and pray that my life is more than just those years that are going to be represented on my, on my headstone. 1953 to 2020, who knows? I don't know. You know, there's something about that dash. We don't realize that dash is such a brief period of time. It's not a long period of time. It's very, very brief but you know what? The sad thing is not that people die. I'm sorry, Eric, wherever you are. Folks, I, I'm sorry about death. I, I really am. But the sad thing about death is not that people die. We know we're going to die. The sad thing is, is that we waste our dash. We don't know how, what to do with these, with these hours that we have in the dash. This is what we should be doing. Lean on me. In other words, putting the work of Christ first. What did Jesus say? Seek first. SEC football, right? Seek first. Making lots and lots of... It's just not there. But I tell you what is there. Jesus said, you seek first my kingdom and all this stuff that you need, it'll just be given to you. Now that's the solid ground. You build your life on that and think about, think about that crane. It has to have a solid place to park. Then it can do all of its work of distributing here and there and everywhere, all the things that we do. Folks, Jesus is our 
firm foundation. Jesus, my firm foundation. I know I'm well secured. You know that song? It's about the foundation. My yoke is easy. My burden, compared to sitting around and not knowing what to do with the rest of your life, folks, we're not just here to take a break. I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. In the book of Revelation, we have never been promised just a retirement where we don't do anything for the Lord. It's just not in the book. It doesn't exist. We're here to work for Christ, to put Him first, to put our brothers and sisters in Christ first. My uncle Douglas Raymond was a prisoner of war, World War II. He was in Stalag 17. They made a movie about that. He's a guy that I told you that never got hungry. Uh, we could be in the car for hours. I said, Uncle Doug, are you hungry? Hungry? No. No, he knew what hunger was. And hunger was being in Stalag 17 with nothing to eat. And the, my Uncle Doug, to go to the place where they served the food and then come back, he had to walk past the cemetery. And he walked by one day and someone had dug a fresh grave. And my Uncle Doug said, who's the grave for? And the German who spoke broken English said, for whoever's next. Nobody knew. Could be one of those guys standing right there. Folks, we, we have such a brief life. And the Lord Jesus Christ wants to fill our dash with meaning, with humility, with gentleness. A lot of people spend their time judging others. I'm going to get my feelings hurt over something that somebody else is doing and I'm not getting to do or something that they've done. Well, folks, we shouldn't spend our time judging. The Lord does the judging. Our job is to help other people, to let people lean on us. Come to me, all you that are weak and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. So Jesus says, come to me. The name of this church should be changed to come to us, Church of Christ. Come, we'll welcome you. I mean, don't care who you are. Remember, remember the parable that Jesus told about the king that had a great big dinner prepared and people didn't come? Remember that? And he said, then go out to the highways and byways and get people that you don't know, bring them in. So they did that and they ran out of those people. He said, now go get the sick and the weak and the poor and bring them in because I want my banquet hall full and I want the celebration to begin. That's exactly what we're doing. We're bringing in every straggler out there that does not deserve salvation. That's our job to bring them and come to us. We will love you. We won't judge you. Because that's what our Lord taught us. So this morning, as we conclude, do we say to other people, lean on me. Lean on me when you're not strong. I want you to look at these words in Colossians 2. Colossians 2, verses 13 and following. When you were dead in your sins and in the circumcision of your flesh, God made you alive. Now look, when you were what? When you were dead in your sins, Christ made you alive. God made you alive, rather, through Christ. 
Folks, when we didn't deserve anything, while Romans will say, while you were still what? Sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. He's saying the same thing here. He forgave us of all our sins, having canceled the charge of the legal indebtedness which stood against us and condemned us. He's taken it away, nailing it to the cross. Now there's the rest. I can rest knowing that Jesus paid it all. So this morning, this is a twofold invitation. Number one, for you to come and lean on Christ. Lean on His forgiveness. His, the indebtedness that is completely canceled if you believe in love and obey Him. Jesus said, go, make disciples. Well, how do you do that? Well, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Secondly, teaching them to obey everything I've taught you and I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. That's the first invitation. Second invitation is to turn it around. To tell people, you can lean on me. You can depend on me. I'll be there for you. Chad said it all last week. It's love one another. That's how we love each other. With the love that we've been loved by Christ Jesus. That's the invitation of Jesus Christ. Right now, will you put Christ on in baptism Will you learn from him? Will you learn from his, his humility, his gentleness? Be gentle with people. Be humble with other people. Will you be the kind of person that people can lean on? Because the day's coming when you're going to need to lean on somebody else. Will you come? So we stand together and sing. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus Nazarene.
to everybody here. Good morning, everybody watching. Uh, Steve's lesson inspired me to think of what Paul told the Romans. What shall we say then, my friends, my brothers and sisters in Christ? If God is for us, who, or in this case, what, can stand against us? So we'll always continue to remember that. You know, in my prayer life, um, I've changed a, a few things here recently. And one of the things that I've been praying for is that God helps me to dwell, not just think, but dwell upon heavenly things and not earthly things. And I think sometimes we get too caught up in the day-to-day events of what's going on. And let's face it, not too many good things are going on right now. But the whole point to this is, if God is for us, who or what can be against us? And if we do, as Paul told the Colossians, dwell on heavenly things, your life gets much brighter. And that brightness that you have within you echoes and radiates to everybody around you. Hold tight to that. Let's go to God in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for so many wonderful blessings that you have bestowed upon us. Even in these times, Lord, of uncertainty, of, of uh, uh, difficulty with this virus, of difficulty with all types of uh, uh, unrest within our, our country, Lord, we still have hope. We still have hope because you gave us the hope, because you gave the hope of Jesus Christ to us, because on that third day, just as Christ said he would rebuild that temple, he did, Lord, and he overcame that last foe that we all will face, death. But now, Lord, we know, as Steve mentioned, what we have here, what we do here is such a small, small, infinitesimally small part of our existence, our existence that we should dwell on. The thought of being with you and Christ in heaven, being able to do amazing things and never having to worry about tears or suffering, not worrying about loss anymore, reunited with so many of our friends and loved ones, and knowing not just them, but every single entity in heaven. It's an amazing thought that you will give us that type of understanding and cognition. We thank you, Lord, for this. We thank you for all that you have done for us. And now, Lord, we pray that you will let your peace rest not only upon us, Lord, but upon this lost and dying world. We do know as we look around and see everything that's going on that Satan does have a strong hand here. And it is our prayer that you help us to show and show through Christ in our light, to show through it, show it through to others, so that all will know that we are not only Christians by what we say, but by what we do. Thank you, Lord, for this. Thank you for our hope. Thank you for your love that you would send your son to die for us and then send 
the incredible gift of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Go with us now. May your peace rest upon us. It is in Jesus' name. Amen.